Steve, happy Monday, man. Uh, it's a fantastic Monday, except it's Friday. So it's Friday, because we're <laughs> we going into the Memorial weekend. Yeah, we have a. I don't want to even say special guest appearance anymore, but Jake, you're back on the podcast. Good morning, man. Thanks for having me. Good morning, guys. We were waiting for you, Steve. Jake and I were uh, on the podcast chatting and chatting about gear and you know trying to get Jake into the gear conversation here. What were you telling me you found, Jake? Oh yeah. Um... Steve, have you heard about those, uh, yeah, the corduroy pillows? Have you heard about those? No. No. Oh, man, they've been making headlines. So I figured you been. <laughs> Jake, that was terrible. That was terrible. It's so much better when I he got you. He pulled that on me. So, Steve, he pulled that on me before the show and was like, oh, they're making headlines. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's an actual pillow made with corduroy? I didn't get it. It took him like a solid 10 seconds to understand it. It was good. Bad. I think our dadness is where we've been off on you jake you're already into the dad jokes it's bad slowly but surely not there yet though you can tell by steven how quiet it is he said he's not impressed with you right now i know yeah that wasn't very good <laughs> we should just restart this whole thing <laughs> no we are keeping that jake okay. we are keeping that all right so we got yeah we got some uh cool stuff to cover so one is we are wrapping up the may giveaway that uh, you guys have been participating in. Thank you for that. So you've been sending in emails, topic suggestions, guest suggestions, sharing the show on social and leaving reviews. And again, we've been talking about that all month here in May and thank you for doing that. So picking winners, um, we are going to send some logo gear uh, for a podcast review from the screen name, God family elk. So if that's you, send us an email to podcast at xmongear.com. We're going to send some more logo gear from an Instagram question and share of the show to at pointer.brittany. So again, if that's you, send us an email. And then the winner of the $250 XAmount Gear gift card is Robert Palmquist. So uh, email us if you hear that, or I, for Robert, I do have an email, so I will send you a message and let you know. But thanks to everyone for all of the feedback throughout this month. Uh, truly appreciate that. Um, and yeah, it's always good to get the feedback and ideas. And I'm, it made me excited about some future shows and topic ideas and things like that that are to come. One of the questions that came up through all of this, a uh, guy wrote in and said, can you guys chat on a Monday minute and summarize past shows for newer listeners of the podcast? Which is a good question, but now we're at 400 plus shows out there. So it would be very difficult to summarize things. But I hinted at this before, and we have a brand new podcast archive that's going to make it much easier to go and find previous shows. So we have taken all of the shows, including feature shows, Monday Minutes, TSS episodes, and put them on the EXO website at exomountgear.com forward slash podcast. But the cool thing is you can, you can literally just scroll and kind of page through all the prior shows or we categorized shows. So you can browse shows by category, uh, such as mule deer, for example, or archery and bow hunting versus rifle hunting. So there's different categories you'll see. You can just click a category and it will filter shows. And then for more like kind of advanced stuff, you can actually search as well. So if you wanted to not just view or browse the, the shows that are categorized under archery, 
and you wanted to find shows on Target Panic, there is a search feature for the podcast um, and you can find very specific shows. So you can search on keywords, you can search on guests, um, you can search on series, things like that. We'll probably go ahead and be adding a page with all the guests. So if you want to see, for example, every episode that Corey Jacobson has been on, you'd be able to click on his name and see those shows. Currently, you can do that via search, but we'll probably build like a master guest list. Um, we will put together a page for all the series as well. So there's still improvements to be made, but all of the shows are there. The categories in the search are functioning now. And then if you guys have questions or something you want to see um, on that, feel free to send us an email. But Jake, man, part of the reason I had you on here, part of the reason was because you crushed it because you were actually the guy bringing over those shows, getting them on the website and importing it. And I was thinking this was going to take quite a quite a few weeks and you you knocked it out of the park, man. So kudos to you. Public kudos to Jake Poo. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> Just doing my job, man. Getting it done. <laughs> Getting it done. So that's the good news. The bad news is, Jake, you didn't come up to Bear Camp oh, my last God, weekend. What a low blow. Yeah. No. You ditched on Bear Camp. Yeah. Tell us how the Bear Camp went, guys. Yeah, Steve. Tell us how the Bear Camp went. <laughs> uh, it was very unsuccessful. <laughs> I don't know. We, uh, we were driving up there. I was like, yeah, we're, I bet we kill between five and 10 bears and probably closer to 10 bears um, just based off last year's experience. And then knowing that uh, we're going to have um, more hunters up there this year. And then also the weather was looking bad, but I didn't think sometimes bad weather is good, right? Like a mm-hmm. little bit of rain and snow and all of a sudden the sun comes out for four hours um, and my past experience bear hunting, that's like prime. I mean, the second that rain stops and the sun comes out, you want to be where you want to be glassing. Um, and so I was optimistic that, uh, that was going to kind of work out for us and really just don't know like what difference. I mean, it's, um, you know, from one year to the next, it was drastically different. I mean, I think we saw maybe six or seven bears the entire week between all the groups out there, uh, versus last year you know, each group was seeing two, three, four bears every time they, they parked their truck and started hiking. So, um, there was a big change really don't know what it was other than we were a couple weeks earlier. Uh, it still doesn't make sense though. The, the feed was out, should have still been spotting bears. Yeah. I mean, we were a country that felt great, looked great. As you said, the conditions, yeah, we had bad weather for bits. We had rain, snow, fog and all that. But when it would clear, as you said, you'd expect to be seeing a bunch um, that really, I mean, it, to me thinking about that hunt afterwards highlighted just the importance of timing and not only the mm-hmm. amount of time you spend in the field, but you literally have to be in the right place at the right time. So if you were to break down, you know, we had 20 plus guys there, how many guys for several days were in the field, were glassing, were covering different country and different grounds. You know, if you say per man, okay, 20 guys, say three days of hunting minimum, that's quote unquote 60 days, right? But that's not because it all happened in the same three days. And if the timing is off, it is what it is. And so, you know, those guys, especially with out of state hunts and when you have limited control of timing, man, that's always such a huge factor. Like you can go into a hunt and do a lot of things right and pick a good area, but just not be at that right place at the right time. And to me, that really stood out as kind of a, just another lesson and kind of a reminder of the importance of timing and hunting, even when you do, you know, 
good things right you know yeah sometimes you just have no control over it right like picked um we went off feedback from last year we were there in june and thought oh man it'll be perfect to come come back here in the middle of may um the you know thinking the foliage wouldn't be so thick right when in june it was just a lush lush freaking place and you know it was just way too many spots for bear to hide or if you go earlier in the year uh theoretically right the leaves aren't as full on the bushes and stuff like that the grass isn't as tall so you're gonna have kind of more open country and it also kind of focuses the bears on the spots where their feed is growing um but uh yeah i think we're just it was already super lush and green up there it didn't really make a difference and then just can't explain if i mean you know one year to the next like it's not like all the bears got killed off they're still there i just they're behaviors habits you know they were just sleeping all day i guess just and hiding in the thick stuff that's all i can possibly come up with yeah and we're skipping over some stories like there was some action yeah um yeah, yeah i mean actually night one i had a, a bear in my scope and it was getting ready to flick off the safety and take a shot and at the last second bashma uh, spotted some cubs that hopped out so it ended up being you know, a sow that had cubs that we originally didn't see. We had originally spotted this bear from, I think like 1400 yards and we're kind of chasing daylights in the evening and really had to make some ground to get to it. And I got within, I think it was 280 or 300 yards, something like that. And got a solid rest and was getting ready to get a shot off before the cubs appeared. And so you know, that's, that's part of bear hunting. Um, there's another instance with a shot opportunity where there was cubs and other guys were seeing bears and wolves. And uh, yeah, there's definitely more stories that came of it uh, and definitely had a really good time just hanging out with guys. It was one of those situations where you're hunting till, you know, nine, nine 30, by the time you get back to camp, it's late, but then you got a bunch of hunters in camp having a campfire and eating dinner. And it was, it was a blast for sure. So one of one of the questions that came up wasn't uh, directly about this bear hunt, but it was kind of perfect timing. Steve, I'll read this question first. He says, I've been using Vortex Diamondback 8x42 binoculars for several years, and I'm looking to make the investment into some premium glass. I would love to hear any reviews or experience you guys have between the Leica Geovid, the Swero EL Range TA, the Zeiss rangefinding by and the the Zeiss rangefinding binos, and then he said, "Do you think that investing in rangefinding binos is a good choice when I can only afford one set of premium binos?" So we've talked about uh, rangefinding binoculars in the past for sure. Definitely, am a big fan, especially having used them for um, rifle hunts and really with the ballistics built in. It's just we were actually it came up at one point, Steve. We were out in the field and you range something through binos and I was like, how far is that? And you've said, I actually didn't look, I just saw the MOA, right? Cause this right. was after the bear hunt <laughs> we were shooting and it's like, it literally becomes, yes, the range matters, but at some extent you get so used to looking at the result at that actual calculated MOA. Um, but what was super interesting timing on this question is on the bear hunt, Steve, you were packing the Swaro EL range TA, which is their newer range finding binos. And I was packing the Zeiss rangefinding binos and then we flip-flopped and switched. So uh, this hunt was a good example of getting those side by side. So um, first thoughts on that for this guy, Steve. Um, yeah, the, on the Leicas, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't believe they have the ballistics built in, right? 
they give you all the data, but then you have to go input the data. Is that correct? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So they're not giving you your MOA. They don't have that, the applied ballistics portion of it built into it. So those, you know, I kind of threw those, they're not even been an option that I've looked at, frankly, I want that kind of all in one system. Um, so yeah, the, the Zeiss and the Swaros were the two, um, two options, frankly, out there that are going to give you like premium glass and have all the features built in the, the two features, you know, the last year I used the SIG, um, can't remember the, their model name, but their, uh, their yeah, range finding Kilo 3000. Okay. Kilo 3000. Um, and they don't have uh, barometric pressure and temperature built in. Right. So you're still got to You're still reliant on connection, Bluetooth connection to your cell phone to get like truly accurate data. Um, when I was using those, I would just kind of set, um, at the beginning of the hunt, be like, all right, I should be about 7,000 feet and it should be about 50 degrees. But, you know, if, if you have a one extreme to the next of that, you know, maybe you, you drop all the way down to 4,000 feet and it's, you know, 70 degrees that, that afternoon, uh, you know, your shot at longer distance is going to change. So you have to kind of be dependent on that app to make, to have a really, um, good system there with the Swaros and the Zeiss, everything's built in. It's taking all those readings and just gives you a very precise um, MOA, or you can do it mills or hold over in inches. I think it's got lots of options there. Um, and so that system's pretty incredible to me, just, just from, a, from a rifle hunting perspective. And we're still going back. We are like both you and I are in agreement. It's still, it's not a good solution for bow hunting. Um, I just, I probably want to try it once, but there's just the binoculars are so much bigger um, getting up, you know, when a, an elk is 25, 30 yards away, I think it's just going to be kind of more movement, especially if you've got the, you know, binos in a, in a, um, bino pouch, um, on the front of you that, uh, I think it's just gonna be tough to kind of get away with that movement where typically if I'm bow hunting, you know, the range finders in my pocket, I just kind of slide it out, you know, slowly bring it up to my eye, kind of use the bow as cover, cover my movement, kind of hold it in front of me and get a range and then just kind of either set the range finder back down on the ground or put it back in my pocket and then shoot. Um, so yeah, going back to Swaro's ice. Um, I think the, if anyone's had the, uh, fortunate opportunity to look through the NL peers that Swaro came out with, uh, they kind of ruin optics for you because they are just freaking incredible um and so anything else than from that is a step down and it's kind of hard to go backwards once you've kind of seen like how good it can be uh so that really is the deciding factor for me was like these two are both very identical and kind of size weight performance features like which one had the better optics and after going back and forth i mean man it's i think i slightly prefer preferred the els um, over the Zeiss. And I think you were kind of on the opposite side of that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think they're both fantastic. Um, I don't know that I would in all reality, notice a difference other than going back and forth and being very analytical. Mm -hmm. Um, I think to one thing that stood out to me is like the Zeiss I find, I found myself focusing a bit more. So it was just, you know, that depth of field and that range is a little more sensitive where you kind of have to be right on it. Um, and I felt like the swirls were a bit more forgiving. Um, they're both, they're both very clear, good resolution, um, good color. I think the Zeiss to my eyes probably has a little bit more contrast. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, we're, we're picking things apart. They both arrange very well. Um, the Zeiss definitely ranges further easier. So I think it can pick up distant targets better. But I'm, when I say distant, I'm talking like beyond 1500 yards. So in all, like nothing that, you know, applies to actually shooting. Um, uh, it was just much easier for me to hit something at like 14, 16, 2000 plus yards with Zeiss compared to Swirl, which again, is like, okay, what's, how was that helpful? But it, you know, the ranging um, was there for sure. Um, one thing that stood out to you, Steve, and uh, I totally get where you're coming from. I have had the Zeiss for a bit now and their button placement is different. Um, mm-hmm. On the Swaro, it's like right up on the bridge and really easy to use your index finger. Um, whereas on the Zeiss, it's further down on the barrel and you either need to kind of move your hand position if you want to use your index finger or get used to essentially using another finger, which I did. So for me, um, I still focus with my index finger and then essentially um, hit the range button with my middle finger, which is on the barrel. Um, but that definitely can take a little bit of getting used to. But in the end, we're talking about two fantastic options, to be honest with you. Like I yeah. take yeah. either one and go all day, any day. Um, and be really happy. Um, and obviously they're both very premium options. Like what we mentioned prior about the SIGs, uh, the Kilo 3000, like they're great for the price point for the features. The ranging on those is fantastic. The downside to the SIGs is not having the onboard sensors for temperature pressure. Um, and then just low light performance, but in 95% of your lighting conditions, the SIGs, you know, are are great, totally usable. So it's, it's a big jump to go from like the SIGs to these premium binos. But for this guy, it sounds like he's looking to invest in like premium glass. It's like, gosh, the Soro and Zeiss are both super nice. Yeah. The, um, going back to the SIGs, like they definitely have the ranging nailed. I mean, they're, um, I, it was almost feeling like I stepped backwards looking through the Swaros and the Zeiss, frankly, after using the SIGs a lot last year where you get more false readings, you know, you got a sagebrush out there at 1200 yards and you hit it and nothing comes back uh, with the, the Zeiss and the Swaros. And then on the SIGs, it's, it's man, it's like a 99% success rate. <laughs> like you, you push that freaking button and it gives you a reading and it does it fast. Um, obviously it doesn't have the sensor built in, uh, the sensors for elevation it's faster. Right? Yeah. So that, I don't know if that's part of it or not. Um, my assumption is, yeah, it's got two more data points. It's got a pull, so that might slow it down a touch, but, um, yeah, it's still, you know, we're getting nitpicky here. They're all great options. Yeah. One thing that, uh, I, I picked this up over the winter and I've been playing with it, like at the range and things like that, but this was the first hunt that I had used it on and going back to my Spinos was, um, the, the tripod adapter I was using, um, was from really right stuff and it's called the cinch and they make both a polymer version as well as a machined version, I believe is aluminum. Um, and the polymer version is what I had. It's $39, I believe. But, um, if anyone's looking for a universal binocular to tripod adapter, you don't have to use a stud or like any big contraption. It's literally will clamp onto one barrel it has an integrated arca rail at the bottom of it. Um, it also is threaded at the bottom. So um, it's just, it's, it's a really, really nice option that I've been playing with, but then after having it on this hunt was yeah extremely happy with, and it's easy to take on and off. So 
for me, I was carrying uh, my binos in an FHF gear harness and it, but binos actually will fit in the harness with uh, the really right stuff cinch attached. Um, but I was basically running an accessory pouch on the bottom of the FHF harness and I would just leave the adapter in there and it's literally, you know, two seconds on and two seconds off if I'm setting up a tripod and want it. So, um, just a, you know, newer products to me, I think it was new to you as well. Steve seen it and it's, it's been great. Yeah. I already ordered one that just showed up yesterday. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was very impressed by it, man. It's a, such a simple, clean solution. Um, and just going to fit. Like when we got home, um, well, and during the hunt, we were using that thing on multiple different binos. We got those, um, we had some of the, I was kind of comparing some of the big optics um, for personal interest of my sheep tag here in Idaho this year of getting some, you know, what's the, I haven't really spent a lot of time with 15s. Um, so we had the SIG 15 by 56s and also had the Vortex 18 by 56s. And I was doing a little side by side with those, and um, you could just move that adapter back and forth like really easily. Holds the bino secure. Uh, it's super lightweight. I think it's one point four ounces or something like that. Um, it weighs nothing. I was very impressed by it. Yeah, yeah, and it fits on yeah darn near anything. I think, and we were putting it yeah. on your compact ELs all the way up to those big fifteens and eighteens. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's nice. It's a cool little accessory. Cool. Um, yeah, I guess might as well geek out on optics since we're here, Steve. So <laughs> we borrowed the 15 by 56s from SIG. Uh, I think, believe they're Zulu 9s. Does that sound right? Yeah, let's go with that. I think they're Zulu 9s. Um, they were super impressive, man. Um, yeah, for, especially again at the price point. Uh, really, really nice optics. I think you were commenting, not only are they clear up front, but you having spent, you know, a decent amount of time behind them. I know at one point you were glassing for, I think 45 minutes straight. Like there's just, you didn't have any of that like fatigue. Right. And um, yeah, it's, yeah, that's the, like the difference between the vortex and that one, the vortex, like at times I get a very nice, clear, sharp image. Um, but it, it's just kind of that, you know, it's kind of the, I talk about like when you, you go to the Cabela's or something, right. And you like, look through them and you're like, Oh, these are super clear and nice. These are great. And then you actually get out into the field and spend some time with them in different lighting conditions. And that's where you kind of start seeing the difference between these higher end optics. And uh, yeah, with the SIGs, you can just kind of get behind them and, and it's really easy on the eyes. They have a, a really large like depth of um, field there where everything's in focus uh, to where I was glassing this hillside that was, you know, from 500 yards out to 2000 yards. And I, I didn't have to mess with the focus wheel at all. It always, everything stayed nice and sharp and crisp and uh, it's just easy on the eyes. And that's, you know, the more time you can spend behind the glass, the better. Um, where the vortex, I was struggling a little bit with, um, you know, just kind of like you move around and like, ah, it's out of focus. You need to play with it a little bit. And then um, just kind of basically messing with that focus wheel more and, to me that the means your eyes are just working constantly or working harder, right. To, to focus. And that just gives you a headache and creates eye fatigue. And, um, so you definitely want, if you can find binos that are just like very, I don't know, easy to glass through as a simple way to put it. Um, you know, that's, those SIGs are definitely right there. I was highly impressed with them. Yeah. Uh, so we, we had reached out to SIG. So the SIGs had come up in a prior podcast discussion with a guest that's not yet released, but we were talking with Justin Crossley and he mentioned these SIG 15s and you and I were unaware of them, Steve, and this hunt yeah. was coming up like, oh, it'd be cool to borrow them. So we borrowed them from SIG and then they also sent out some image stabilizing binoculars. 
which at first I was like total, yeah. total skeptic of. I'm like, really? I don't know. And then you get them and they're very odd looking. Um, but holy cow, it, it's impressive. I don't know that um, like they definitely have a certain application, right? Like for me, they wouldn't be like my primary binocular for everything. But the technology is unbelievable. And I can see why guys really like them. And we've even had uh, podcast listeners when we've talked about binoculars in the past mention that they've used uh, similar technology. I think Canon has some and others. And, you know, I'm very aware of image stabilization, electronic image stabilization from things like camera lenses, but I've honestly never really used it in a binocular that I recall. Um, And what's interesting is you, because it's electronic, you turn it on and off. So you pull up this pair of SIGs with the image stabilization off and then turn it on. And like the difference is night and day. I mean, it's almost like being able to tripod mount binos without a tripod mount. Like it's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's really impressive, man. Like I'm, I was kind of like, I don't know what to think about them yet. Cause it, like yeah. you said, I, they're not going to replace eights or tens around my neck. Um, I just, yeah, I, I, I kind of keep them around a little bit and play with them and, and just see like, do, do they have a place for me? You know, mm-hmm. um, on what hunt would that be? I, I don't know, but yeah, it was, it's pretty cool that the optics is it's decent, man. I mean, it's a, they're a 16 by 42, so they're going to be just inherently darker, right? Your exit pupil from that, you know, you're do it, dividing that 42 by 16, um, that, uh, um, it's not super bright, but the, they're really not bad. We have a, at the, uh, XO SNS office there, we have a, um, optics chart, like hung on a fence across the street. It's probably 150 yards. And, I can handhold those 16s and read every line of that optics chart, which is very impressive, right? Like it's because uh, when we're mounting up like high quality eights, you can't read every line on that chart. Um, so you get that added magnification and, and good resolution and it's stable. It's, it's a pretty killer combo. Uh, and the crazy thing is they're light. They're 21 ounces. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know where they fit yet. That's what I want to keep playing with them and see if there's, there's hunts or times when it's like, yeah, I'm taking those today, you know? Because yeah. they are very impressive. Yeah. Well, as you guys can tell, we might not killed bears, but we spent a lot of time looking for bears. Yeah. <laughs> and trying <laughs> optics. <laughs> yeah. There was a bunch. I need to write down. There was a bunch of stuff from that. You know, your your really right stuff adapter, the Sig 15s. Um, gosh, I need to. Yeah. After yeah. maybe the next Monday minute, we'll recap some of that stuff because I remember just like, ah, oh, there didn't kill anything, but there was a lot of new stuff I learned on this trip and mm-hmm. things I'm excited to go try out further. So, yeah. Did Another you guys try any, out, any, any new gear, any other, other than, Oh, glass? um, we did wear the new first light pants. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, I was, um, they finally made pants that fit. Yeah. I was impressed. <laughs> yeah. They felt, um, they were good. They're like a little heavy, um, for me, but they make, I think they make a killer October, kind of wet weather pant they have like a waterproof butt they have waterproof knees okay so the corgi um, foundries right on yeah um that they got the big um side vent zippers on there uh like i was very impressed with them again there's just like they're probably too bulky heavy for me for like you know if it was august 30th going out but uh, in october yes. basically this is kind of the weather we had on the bear hunt right it was 30 degrees up to maybe 50 was the highest we ever had mm-hmm. rain, snow, sleet. Um, and they were fantastic. I, I was really impressed with them. 
So definitely yeah. a three season pant. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, even, even though they're a little bit warmer, they do have the hip fence. So if you do get in that situation where it's a little bit, you know, you catch that yeah, hot day. I, that I just think they're hot enough that I wouldn't, like you want, you don't want to run around all day with your, the zips down, right? Like right. sun up to sundown. And I think on a, your average September elk day, they're going to be too hot. Um, where, yeah, it's just, you know, you're going to be, yeah, it's nice to dump the heat when you're doing a climb when it's 40 degrees. Um, but if yeah, if it's 75 all day long, you don't, you know, want those out all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, anyways, very impressed with them. They were the right amount of stretch durability seemed good. Fit was good. Um, I was, uh, yeah. Yeah. They're, would you run for a shelter on this trip, Steve? Uh, a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> a we were, we're, we're, we're in a nineteen footer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the fun thing about the bear hunt, man. Is like very relaxed, casual. Go back, c- cook good food every night, sleep in a trailer, uh, sleep in, get you know, yeah. may or may not have been a little hungover each morning, and then uh, and then go bear hunt from you know get out by like 11 and you'd hunt till almost 10 o'clock at night. So you still get a really good chunk of hunting in and we got after it. I mean, we had, I don't think we did less than 10 miles any day that I went out. Um, I guess that that first evening we, we were only did like four, uh, but we had like a three hour window to hunt. So yeah, I'm uh, still hunting hard. It's just fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, man. Yeah. I know that there's a, a few other notes I jotted down that aren't in front of me. So we'll, we'll come back and we can touch on some more lessons learned or new gear, things like that. But uh, yeah, man, that's good. We ended up geeking out on optic optics there. Yeah. Yeah. Anything we still got to figure us, out. Uh, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead Jay. No, go uh, ahead. Oh man. I, I don't know. I don't know what, what else is there. There's everything. <laughs> There's it's Friday. Everything. It's Memorial day. Memorial Day weekend, not a whole lot, man. All right. but. I just I just felt bad we went off on the deep end on optics, and I left you out there for a minute. I felt bad that I just missed out. I, well, you, you know. should. <laughs> you should feel bad for nonstop three weeks. I kept getting a text every single day. You even called me on the weekend saying, "Yeah, hey, did man, I tell you about that, hunting. Steve?" No. So I I called. I was like, I know if I call Jake on a Saturday, it's gonna freak him out because he'll think I'm calling <laughs> like something's broke, you know, mm-hmm. and. uh so I just call him on, I think it was like a Saturday at 11 AM or something. And, uh, I could tell when he answered the phone, like, Oh crap. Like, is everything okay? He was like, Hey Mark, <laughs> what I do wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just goes, we should go bear hunting. Hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Uh, I laid it on pretty uh, thick there for a couple of weeks leading up to this hunt. Yeah, he deserves it, man. It's not like, yeah. uh, we get these, it's like a once a year event. So that's true. Next and year. How often do you get to hang out and hunt with Mark? Um, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, other people appreciated it, Jake. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Right on. Well, <laughs> hey, I'm looking forward to hunt with you guys in November. That's for yeah. sure. It'll be good. What? Uh, we, I cut you off, Steve. Were you saying something there? Um, no, I was just right. gonna like. Um, I still got to figure out what spotting scope I want to want to mm. rock for this year. So, um, dude, yeah, that's one. Like... That's one other thing we did. We got out some of the bigger glass and the Koa. It's really like Koa 77 or the Swaro 85. Um, there's a, there, yeah, there's a 65 coming out from a company that's supposed to be out, but COVID's delayed it. I'm oh, super excited to test that, but I, yeah, I can't say anything, but, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, um, we gotta figure that one out. Yeah. We're all good me, glass. So gotta figure some stuff out for the sheep hunt. That's for sure. Yeah. The sheep hunts. That's what I want to, so hunts, let me ask you thank this. Thank you. I, especially with you know there being more options for bigger optics like the 15s right bigger binos 
I've never loved spotters. They're kind of like a necessary evil. Like they have their place, but I just don't prefer, I don't, I'm not comfortable spending a lot of time behind them. I don't find it, you know, comfortable, all that. Obviously for something like the sheep hunt in Alaska, which we talked about your experience last year, even like you live and die by the spotter because you're judging and making calls on is this ram legal or not and it literally comes down to like the tiniest you know decisions yeah, sometimes yeah and you're losing your hunting license for a year if you make a mistake yeah, <laughs> yeah like it's, it's a, big, a deal. big deal yeah you yeah. need like all the best glass you can get but to contrast that with you now having your sheep tag in idaho where you're not worried about that from a you know a full curl or counting rings perspective what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that's why i'm looking at the that's why I'm looking at the 15s. Okay. Um, so you're potentially yeah. not going to pack a spotter on that hunt. Potentially. Um, potentially. I w- hopefully if, man, that's a tough one. Um, if I was solo, I'd, pr- I don't know. I got, I, I got to, I haven't played with 15s a whole lot in the past, frankly. Um, to me, the little bit I'd used them initially as like, well, they still don't replace a spotter. Um, but you know, just, it's just going to depend on the country. Um, like on a, on a mule deer, when I did that testing, it was on a mule deer hunt, right? And you you still needed that spotter to pick apart the shade in the afternoon mm-hmm. uh, at, at long distances. Like the 15s aren't going to get you that ear flicker, that little tiny bit of horn. Um, you know, we would, uh, it's one thing hunting with Jason. He's just such a phenomenal mule deer hunter that just kind of moving through that country and um, just get at the right angle. So you're looking into beds midday if you didn't spot anything in the morning and that spotter is really valuable for that. Uh, the doll sheep hunt. Yeah. You really don't need, you just need like a pair of eights and then a really good spotter. Like, cause they're, they're white dots. They're super easy to spot in glass. Um, the biggest thing you're, when you're out hiking, when you're just hiking around, you just see white rocks everywhere. Right. Um, so you just gotta like have binos to pop it up real quick and go sheep or rock. And then, then if it's like, oh, sheep, and then you see horns, then it's like, okay, get the spotter out and see if this sucker's legal. And if he's legal, then we're going. Um, and then on the Frank Church hunt, I think it's going to be uh, more just, yeah, like what I just talked about with the SIGs, like having glass, it's very comfortable to spend a lot of time behind. And I'm going to be glassing, you know, I've kind of already started laying out glassing points and it's just big open country, you know, from one glassing point, to where the, you know, you might be looking, you're two miles, three miles, four miles. Um, so just having glass that you can get behind comfortably and spend a lot of time behind is going to be really valuable. So that's where I think 15, a good pair of 15s could really come in handy. So maybe if uh, on the hunt, I'd have, you know, somebody's tagging along with me, I'll pack 15s and then have them pack a small spotter uh, just to zoom in and get a little bit better look um, once you do see something. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, that's uh, we'll wrap it there. We uh, again, especially thanks to your guys's feedback, the listeners, we have a ton of Monday minute questions, uh, good topic suggestions, even everything we just covered there. And like you mentioning the details about glassing and thinking of Jason, uh, one of the topics that came up, for example, is to talk all about glassing, not just a review of like pros and cons of binos versus spotter versus 15s, which we just touched on, but really breaking into like techniques and timing and all that. So, um, that alone would be a super fun episode to dive into. So a ton to come at once again, go check out, uh, the podcast archive. 
Um, link will be in the show description or just go to exomountgear.com forward slash podcast and you'll be able to, again, filter episodes and search episodes. Um, and it's just gonna be really valuable. I know in the past, even I forget what episodes we have out there and to find them, I always had to go to Google and like, you know, search hunt back country podcast and a topic or something. And sometimes it worked decent. Sometimes it didn't. Um, but it's just gonna be much easier now that everything's there on the site and on one place. Um, so again, go check that out. Jake crushed it on getting it done. So appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. If somebody wants to like, like you guys said about Jason, if you guys want to, you know, hear about mule deer tactics from him, just type in Jason, Wright on our archive, it'll pop up, you know, the four or five episodes that he has on. So I definitely think it's a cool resource for everybody to check out any old episodes, some of their favorite episodes, like, you know, talking about dad jokes, things like that. Um, definitely some quality content in there, but, um, yeah, glad we can uh, put that out there for, for all of our listeners and, um, yeah, help them find out any other podcasts that, you know, they missed or want to hear again. Cool. Once again, guys, if you do have a question that you thought of or want a clarification, we'll get it added to the list. So feel free to reach out anytime to podcast at xmountgear.com. If you haven't yet hit that subscribe or follow button in your podcast app to receive the future episodes automatically. Hope you guys are having an awesome Memorial Day weekend and we will talk to you soon.